Curl Next Door. Welcome. Welcome to Curl Next Door podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to our third season of Curl Next Door podcast with Tamara Robbins-Griffith and Stephanie and- Golick. <laughs> I was going to say, and Stephanie <laughs> We're back. Back for We're season back. three. Been a little bit of a break, but oh, we've been making notes, taking notes, trying things all, all the time, all break long. All break long. Yeah, this was a long break, but we've really been trying to focus on balance mm-hmm. and polishing how this podcast works in our lives relative to other things in our lives. And so we needed a break and we needed to regroup and focus on some other things, but we're back. And season three is going to be chock full of great stuff. Although the format's going to be a little different. We're going to be on less frequently, but you're still going to hear great bios, exciting interviews, product reviews, Yeah, we've got some excellent guests coming on that we're very excited to um, share with you. And yeah, I mean, the goal being we talk about wellness, we talk about taking care of yourself um, on this on this podcast. And so we have to do the same for ourselves. And the best way for us to keep doing this podcast for you ongoing um, is to just do it a little bit less frequently, but we're going to try and be regular about it. So maybe we won't need to, we can, we can keep our season three running a little bit longer, but we won't be posting new episodes every two weeks, but we will be posting new episodes. And we've got, uh, yeah, lots of exciting products to share with you. Hopefully some contesting coming up as well. And yeah, the curly hair journey continues, basically. <laughs> it does. Tamara, I have so many hair stories. I've just been sitting on all summer. I've been wanting to tell you so much stuff. There's one in particular I've just been sitting on since June. Okay, tell me, tell me. So Tammy, who we had on in season one, is an incredible hairdresser and gave me the best haircut of my life, I think, that I can recall in my adult life. And that was early in the calendar year in 2022. And I loved it. It was kind of like a half shag, half mullet cut. So it was really cute. She cut my bangs super cute. And then my hair length was great. And it just looked super funky and fresh. And I just loved it. Flash forward to June, I was going on a trip and my hair was getting too long. And so I just needed a trim. And as usual, I didn't book an appointment and I was scrambling last minute. And I went onto the Facebook group for my neighborhood and mm-hmm. checked to see if there are any curly hair cutters in the neighborhood. And one was recommended. And I called this hair salon and lo and behold, they have an appointment available tomorrow night. And I was just delighted. Oh my God, like yeah. the, the, the stars have lined up. Fates are looking out for me. It's meant to be. And the owner of the hair salon said, yeah, yeah, I'm booked, but I have my colleague and my colleague is really good with curly hair. Amazing. I'll book it. So as it turns out, it was the exact opposite of that promise. And what ended up happening was a super junior stylist in training cut my curly hair and used thinning shears on the entire head of hair. And I saw her doing it and thought, that's weird. 
but I'm not an expert. I am the kind of person who trusts experts to do what they're supposed to do because they're trained and I'm not. And I thought, that's weird. Intuitively, that feels weird. Intuitively, isn't that going to thin out and totally frizzify my hair? Mm -hmm. And so she thinning sheared my entire head. It turned into a giant frizz ball. And then she said to me, do you want me to put product in your hair or are you good? (laughs) And I was, I was like, what? (laughs) Load it up, load it up, go get all your curly hair product and throw it in, (laughs) throw it all in, do all the layers. Why are you even Mm -hmm. asking me this? You're supposed to be Mm -hmm. a curly hair expert. It was, it was terrible. It was the, I went from having the best haircut of my life to literally the worst haircut of my life. And I'm not exaggerating on either end of the spectrum. And the owner saw what was going on and ran over and tried to fix it and, and ended up taking a curling iron and curling iron every single section on my head into a curl to smooth it out. It's like when you get a blowout with a flat iron, how it smooths out the follicle. So Mm. she did it with a curling iron so that I walked out with sort of clean curls. But of course, Mm -hmm. it looked terrible. And the second I washed it, it just turned into a frizz ball. And so I've been trying to grow out this monstrosity since June. And I was devastated. Uh, Honestly, it kind of ruined my summer had I not tried to find the bright side of life because Mm -hmm. I was so upset, so upset and couldn't tell you because I wanted to talk about it on the show. And I couldn't be there to support you emotionally through your hair catastrophe. It was emotional trauma. I'm not kidding because my hair is such a huge part of my identity and I Uh ended up wearing it up in a bun and like hairspraying the heck out of it so that the frizz would be manageable. It was the worst. Mm -hmm. And so the other part of this is I never gave them feedback Uh because I didn't know what to do. I I wasn't sure if I was, if giving them feedback was going to be picking on them or if it was my fault because I waited too late to book. And it was my Mm -hmm. fault because I didn't call her out while she was doing the thinning shears thing. Like Mm -hmm. I should have just trusted my gut. And Mm -hmm. also I was kind of experiencing hair trauma and I just didn't want to revisit it. Right. So I don't know. Good, like good conversation and question for our listeners too. Like, have you ever had a really bad haircut? And did you say anything while they were doing it? Did you know it was going to be bad? And then afterwards, how did you, like, what did you do about it? So my own perspective would be that it's, it's not, nice to like publicly shame them in social media or give them like horrible reviews. Oh, no, but, like, no. I, I would definitely, would not do yeah, that. and you wouldn't do something like that. But I would definitely tell them like, listen, if somebody calls you and is looking for a curly hair specialist, don't throw them with a junior in training who doesn't really know curly hair. Like that was sort of their misrepresentation, I think. A hundred percent. That's why I I was, yeah, I was more upset about that actually, that I had been kind of blatantly lied to about this person who said, like the owner actually said to me, yeah, she's amazing with curls. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and it's possible that the owner 
I don't know, had someone else who may have been available and then wasn't and then tried to do a switcheroo at the last minute. Or that maybe this junior stylist in training had done like one trim on somebody with curly hair and it turned out great. And so the owner actually thought, oh, she really knows what she's doing. I don't know. Like it yeah. could have wound up that way for a variety of reasons, but it's it's important to share feedback, you know, as we know. And if you do it in a constructive or polite way, then A, there's an option for them to potentially compensate you in some way, even though you don't want to go back there for a haircut, but maybe they they would give you a gift certificate to shop some of their product. And maybe. then, you know, alternatively, or also, they're hopefully going to get this feedback and like learn something from it so that they don't make the same mistake again and upset another customer. Yeah. I try not to give feedback unless the person wants to hear the feedback. And so I was thinking about reaching out and saying, would you like some feedback on my experience? I think it's too late now. They won't remember. It was so long ago. And I just didn't want to go there. And frankly, I'm so upset by the lack of integrity by the owner that I didn't even want to bother going like I don't ever want to go back like if the owner said yeah right. come back I'll fix it for you I'm I'm yeah. never going no. back there yeah it was so offensive but anyway I'm now trying to grow it back out and I went to another hairstylist and they said what happened to your hair who cut your hair like yeah. experts knew it was bad so Watched. I've promised Tammy I'm committed to driving out to Brantford <laughs> <laughs> my haircut because she's so good yeah. and it's worth it. And she's been trying to help me fix it. Anyway, that's another one too for our listeners. Like, how far are you willing to drive or travel to yeah. get that right haircut? You know, I know. like, is 90 minutes too far? I don't think so. You don't think so? I don't think curly so. I mean, it, it just depends like how often you have to go and what's going on in your life. Like if you can do it, put on a podcast, it's a road trip. Yeah, totally. And it helps if your hairstylist is a close friend. And so it's double duty. Yeah, yeah. She's probably gives you a a good deal and you're catching up. Like Catching up and hanging out. Sounds worth it in your case for sure. Yeah, totally. Um, What about you? Any hair stories? Well... Only that, well, a couple things. So this this spring, summer, I started plopping, which was new for me. I don't know if you would consider it full plopping, micro plopping, whatever it is. But like I've, I've had that um, Diva Curl towel for quite a while, like mm-hmm. over a year. And then Nubia gave us her microfiber mm-hmm. head wrap too. And I, I was kind of not really like using them. I just had them. And what I realized is, because it's been a long journey for me and I used to put my product in really wet and then like it would be kind of, I would wear the towel around my neck while the curls were kind of dripping onto me. And and then I was like, okay, maybe I won't have the hair quite as wet. So I don't need to go through that. Then I realized, you know, I can put the product on, make sure it's really wet, nicely wet and saturated. So the products evenly distributes on the strands and then just loosely. I think that's what I was scared of. I was scared if I did this like plopping thing, it would kind of squish everything up into my head. So I'm not wrapping it tightly. It's like I'm loosely putting on kind of a turban with my head upside down and then just 
get my coffee ready in the morning, do a few things and leave it on for 10 minutes. And then I take off the microfiber and kind of shake it out. And it's, it's great. Like I think it's cut down my drying time and also just made the whole process a little bit easier. So Mm -hmm. it's interesting when you hear about one of these techniques or tips that people try, you know, when we started the podcast, we used to put like curl terms and definitions into our social media and such like you hear about like clipping and this and that and plopping and it's like what is all this stuff and do I need to do it and it seems like it won't work for me or you try it one way and it doesn't really work but then to play around a little bit like I found oh this works this actually like makes my morning routine a little smoother and easier cuts my drying time down a little bit I'm I'm using the microfiber towel like so gently on the curls that it doesn't rustle them or disturb them. It just kind of gently absorbs the excess water. So that was a win. That was a win and my like yeah. new plopping experience. Yeah. Why do you think it's called plopping? I don't know. I mean, I guess because like you're wearing this thing and it like plops on your head. <laughs> yeah. And so for our listeners, what is plopping? I should give you a proper definition. So Plopping is a technique that involves wrapping your hair in a t-shirt or pillowcase to enhance your wet curls, minimize frizz, and speed up the overall drying process. So I think that along with, you know, pillowcase, t-shirt, all of those things, a lot of people now use microfiber towels. Mm -hmm. Um, And the idea being like, you're taking I, my interpretation. I mean, everybody might do it slightly differently. Oh, they're saying, notice how your wet hair plops against your head when you drop it down. That's, oh, that's why it's called plopping. <laughs> how your wet I don't hair know. plops. Wet hair plops. It sounds kind of gross. But anyway, <laughs> plop. <laughs> I think the idea being you're kind of gently drying your hair a little bit without disturbing the curls. That's the short and the long of it is that you're somehow using the, and I've used the t-shirt too in the past just to kind of, I guess they call it micro plopping when you just use it to kind of scrunch it up and absorb some of the moisture, but not putting it all over your head. So it's, it's cuts down on frizz. Like as we know, when if you use a towel to the towel that's too rough, or if you dry some your hair too roughly, you're kind of disturbing the curl pattern and resulting in frizz. But some people, you know, want to speed up drying or take some of the moisture out once they've done their styling. Yeah. It's a technique yeah. that's always worked for me. I've been using those microfiber towels in the way you described for a couple years, and it's I love it. Yeah. It's such a great See, part of my routine. You put it on your head. Yeah. Like I you, put in yeah. all the product after I get out of the shower, throw on the microfiber towel on my head. It soaks up. I, I probably have it in only for about 10 minutes. Yeah. And then I, if I can, I try to let it air dry as long as possible. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I've been doing. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't like try it sooner or I was just doing other things. I mean... I feel like a lot of the time when you're getting into like the curly hair journey or you start doing research about how should I be styling my hair, we've talked about this before. It's like 25 things that you're you're supposed to be doing. And sometimes it's like my brain can only try one thing at a time. Like one new 
like technique at a time. Definitely. Yeah. Try one thing at a time, see if it works. And then if it doesn't go back and try something else. Yeah. And then there's a couple other things like no crazy curly stories (laughs) really of my own experience, except that that one, like i totally saw that curly haired cool mom again in one day. And I was like, this is the, the same missed connection. Like, yeah, person who like floats around my neighborhood. But I have been kind of trying to grow my hair a little bit only because, but keep the bangs shorter. And so I haven't gone for a haircut in a long time. Like, I don't think I've gone for a haircut since we ended the last season. And I've just been trimming my bangs all by myself, which I'm fairly comfortable with, but I feel like I'm at a point now where I I need some cleaning up. But this is an issue for, I think, all curl types. Like it's when you have curly hair, you're trying to grow it out a bit. You get a cut, it seems to like spring up. And like, it's really hard to notice that length or maintain that length. It's so true. I wouldn't have known had you not said, I wouldn't have known that you haven't had a cut because your length is not that different, but it does look more full. And that's because the weight is being sprung. Sprung up? <laughs> yeah. I've also like slowly, I don't know. I'm, I don't know. I still, I trust the experts for sure. And, you know, I still go to see Joey, who is not in my neighborhood, but <laughs> in your neighborhood. But um, yeah, like I've just been more and more DIY. And I think yeah. I've added a few new layers myself just as I'm chopping away. <laughs> I don't know if I talked about this um, last spring on the podcast. (laughs) Like sometimes like when I'm doing my makeup, I'll just go in there with the scissors and I'm like around the face. Like I'm not afraid of wielding scissors, hair scissors anymore. Like I just think, you know, I had this idea in my head and probably back from when I straightened my hair a lot that like haircutting is like a precision activity. Well, when it comes to curls, it's not really. Kind of like Nubia, like gardening. Yeah, I think so. I'm not an expert in haircutting. I think (laughs) there's definitely technique. I mean, people go to hair school to learn all the techniques. Yes, yes, yes. And the shaping. And I think also how you snip. Because I, when I was during the pandemic cutting my own bangs, I read Mm -hmm. that you're supposed to snip your bangs vertically. Okay. As opposed to horizontally. Yeah. But I don't know if that's correct. And I don't know if it's more effective. What have you been doing? I don't know if it's like, I kind of try and go like vertical or 45 degree angle and cut like in the middle of a curl. Like I'll cut when it's pretty much like been styled and then dried or almost dry. Almost Um, dry. And then in the middle of a curl. So what does that mean? So mm, in the spring, like you'll cut the middle of the spring? Yeah. Like... Yeah. And I don't know, again, something I saw on YouTube or read online, and then that's just what I've been doing. I don't know if it's the right way. Yeah. But at some point, it's like when the hair's covering my eyes, <laughs> decisions yeah. have to be made. Your hair looks super cute. And I agree. Oh. I mean, curly hair, I think, is a little bit more forgiving. If you snip the wrong curl, it'll just sort of blend in. But public service announcement, don't ever use thinning shears. Just use scissors. Just don't do it. Don't do it. And then your your beautiful haircut that you talked about with Tammy that was kind of like 
part shag, part mullet. Would you say, did you hear in on like, I don't know if this is like a more of a TikTok thing because it's not really a brand new hairstyle, but they call like the wolf hairstyle that's very popular right now. Sounds a bit like what she did to you. Yeah. So I think it is really that like cross between a mullet and a shag and became kind of, they call it wolf cut hairstyle, which is probably just like a new way of talking about a style that's not brand new, (laughs) but these things come around. And I did see that wolf haircut style like works really well for like curls and waves. So yeah. Cool. Well, you're on trend. You'll get back. You'll get back to that. It'll, it'll come around. You'll, you'll, your hair will rebound. I hope so. You're going to be okay. We'll post a photo and, and you can let me know what you think. Of the grow out of of your bad haircut? The ultimate haircut that Tammy gave me. It was so good that she used it in a training session. Ooh. Yeah, she does. She trains stylists and she loved Mm -hmm. the cut. (laughs) She used it in a presentation. That's how good it was. That's what I mean. It was so good. You can do it. If your hair did it that time, your hair can do it again. It's just a matter of time. It can do it again. Yeah, you just got to grow out all the fuzz. And it's, I think I'm pretty close. My hair grows pretty fast. That's Um, good. I've been trying some other things too, but I'll tell you about them next time. Do save it, save it. Okay, save some goodies. Um, um, so, so you, you mentioned <laughs> you mentioned um, the wolf haircut and stuff you've been seeing in the news. I have a couple news stories for you. Do you want to oh, okay. shift to the curl desk? Yeah, boop, 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 boop. That's not really the curl desk. Yeah. We talked about this, I think, at the end of last season, a new a new section of the podcast where we can just talk about curly uh, curly hair stories in the news. Yeah. So tell me what's okay. going on. So there's a couple. Do you have any? Um, I I had saw some and didn't write them down, and now you know I think there's a lot of just articles about like best haircut or best products or best shampoos, but like not as much um, specific pop culture stuff related okay. to curly hair. Okay. So I have two. They're both great. Okay. The good news is in this, the fashion weeks that just occurred. Yeah. The spring, summer, 2023 fashion weeks, fluffy and curly hair was all over the runways. Mm. And um, like uh, so many different fashion designers. So Fendi, all the models at Fendi and Milan were given out a shaggy, fluffed-out texture. Oh, cool! I have to look at it up Tom now. Ford in New York. It was inspired by full-bodied '80s perms. <laughs> awesome! Woo! So exciting! Altazara, the models on the runway were given loose, worn in waves. Ula Johnson. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Do you know that label? The designer? Yeah, I think that sounds right to me, but okay, don't. So in New York, natural hair was encouraged to do its thing. Like it was textured and like extra. So it was just across the runways around the world. Lots of designers were just owning this awesome, textured, full bodied, permed, curly hair. Yeah, nice. Super nice. Yeah, love seeing it. Love seeing texture. Love seeing it too. And uh, I have another curl desk news up alert. News alert. Okay. Yeah. Uh, hilariously, a home in St. John's, Newfoundland, 
was going to be in the background of a scene being filmed for the TV show Hudson and Rex. Mm -hmm. And rather than it just looking like a plain house, the set designers and producers thought, well, let's turn the, the facade of this house into something that looks like a business. And there's, they had, there's a door and a window. So they painted the door trim and the window trim this bright pink. And they put a window decal on the front of the window. And the idea was to make it look like a business so that the scene, mm-hmm. it just looked like there was a business in the background. And they wanted to create it into a beauty parlor. Mm-hmm. And so the name that they used on the decal was Curl Up and Die. And the dye is like hair dye, D-Y-E. Curl up and dye. Super cute and hilarious. And the funniest part about this is that a neighbor thought that the homeowner was creating a business and narked on them and called the municipality and filed a complaint that there was an illegal business opening without proper permits. So the homeowner got a cease and desist letter from the municipality saying that they were in violation of a whole bunch of things. Like they didn't have permits and stuff like that. And so the homeowner, like it's hilarious. The homeowner was just trying to be a good Samaritan and helping out the show and ended up getting a letter from the government saying, you're not allowed to operate a business. Called so of course, Curl Up and Die. Called Curl Up and Die. And so she posted it on social and it just totally went viral because it's hilarious. And then the government was like, oh, <laughs> sorry, the file's now been closed. You're good. Oh my God. <laughs> but they said, oh but God. you have to take the label off your window. <laughs> <laughs> so hilarious. made it across the news. Like I found this article in a few, few different news outlets, but the one I'm, I'm referencing is from City News. Pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Send it to me so I can post it for our listeners yeah, to see for sure. on Facebook and stuff for like sure. that. Yeah. That's funny. That's a good one. Okay. So we have some interviews coming down the pipe in a couple yeah. of next episodes with some awesome, interesting people, women. Technically um, down the pike. Pike? Not, Not pipe. pipe. Pike. Oh, what is I'm pike? telling you only because I know you're a, you like I linguistics. Do. I like etymology. I'm Googling it. Good use of the word etymology versus pike. Uh, Coming down the pike or pipe, the idiom meaning soon to happen was originally coming down the pike, not coming down the pipe, but both forms are now widely used and understood. So it sounds like it definitely started as pike, but I think of a pike as a, a move you do in swimming and gymnastics. When I you think like it's reach your toes. Yeah, I think the original was turnpike coming oh, down the turnpike, right, and then right, people right, right, right. misunderstood, and now it's like pipe. It's like how people say "flush it out" instead of "flesh it out." It's actually supposed to be "flesh." Yeah. Right, "flesh it out." I knew that one because when you flush something out, you're like making a beefier, yeah. bigger. You could flush something out if it's clogged. Yes, but, correct. Like you can flush out a spy. <laughs> you can, yeah, but you, you know can what flush I mean? out like, an idea. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Have you been right, keeping so, up with your wordle? I know. Actually, I haven't. But like, welcome to Curly Linguistics Corner. <laughs> yeah. 
curly language corner. There you <laughs> Meanwhile, go. Meanwhile, we're like, what's plopping? Uh, <laughs> anyway, okay, thank you. So we have some experts coming. Today, we're going to hit you with some mini bios just to get back into the spirit of celebrating interesting people with curly hair, which is really one of the reasons we started the podcast was because we love stories. We're interested in people. We're interested in culture. And uh, yeah, so that's what we're going to do today. Coolio, do you want to go first? All right. So I'm going to start with Quinta Brunson. Do you know Quinta Brunson? Tell me. So she is an American writer, producer, actress, and comedian. Uh, She was born in 1989, and she is most well-known for Abbott Elementary. Have you seen that show? No. They were nominated for quite a few Emmys last year, and it's a, a fairly new show that launched during the pandemic in 2021. So I'm just so charmed by this woman. She reminds me, like, there's just something about her that is, I mean, she's got good comic timing and she's great in Abbott Elementary. In any case, I'll tell you a little bit more about her. And and Abbott Elementary, too, is like a super fun show that will make you laugh and reminds me a little bit about that um, that Australian comedian who produced that show that you told me about that we then were both Rose Matafeo? Yeah, like there's something. Yeah, yeah, from New Zealand. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure people from Australia get upset when you compare them to New Zealanders and vice versa. (laughs) Um, Canada and America. In any case. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So uh, Brunson gained prominence for her self produced Instagram series, Girl Who Has Never Been on a Nice Date. Uh, She went on to produce and act in content for BuzzFeed Video and develop some streaming series with them. She also acted and did voice work for the first season of the HBO sketch comedy series, A Black Lady Sketch Show. So I think that's uh, one of the ways she kind of broke out too, doing stuff with HBO and then other opportunities came along. So she's the creator, executive producer, writer, and star of the ABC comedy Abbott Elementary. I think like, one of the reasons I, I love her is because she is one of those people who are, you know, she's she's multi-talented, right? She can she can do all these different things. And, you know, she's an artist and creator more than just, you know, an actress. So at the 74th Primetime Emmys, she became the first Black woman to be nominated three times in the comedy category because she received nominations for Outstanding Writing, which she won outstanding comedy series because she's a producer and also outstanding lead actress in a comedy series. And she did not, she was snubbed for lead actress, but I don't know if I would, some people were upset they felt she was snubbed, but Jean Smart won for Hacks and that's an incredible show and Jean Smart's a, an incredible actress. So, yeah. you know, I'm sure that, um, and you know, Abbott Elementary's continuing, so they'll probably get nominated again because they... And and how important are these? I know we talk a lot about, you know, award shows and the Oscars and the Emmys and this and that. And it's like, at the same time, maybe that's not the be-all and end-all. <laughs> it's nice to get the recognition, but as we know, you know, representation's not great always in those in those shows and those those voting 
pools? What's the, what's the word I'm trying to look for yeah. like in the voter makeup? Yeah. Oh, definitely. They're not mm-hmm. equitable. They have a lot of work to do. But in the meantime, the viewership of these award shows is going, they're going down the toilet. So in a short while, no one's going to care. There's going to be other yeah. ways to get this recognition. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess for us, it's like, hey, it's exciting when there's something you watch or something you're a fan of. And maybe that's also because we're like (laughs) Gen X. I don't know if young people care about this, but I get excited when someone, maybe it's just that like, if I like someone and I think they've done a great job and then they get their, their accolades, it's like, Yeah, well-deserved. So she um, she was also placed on the Time 100 Most Influential People of 2022 list. And she was this week, well, in curl news, um, there were a lot of beautiful curls on the red carpet of the new Black Panther sequel. So mm. they had their premiere in, uh, in LA and she was invited and she looked Is pretty she great. Is she in the movie? I don't think she's in the movie. I think it's just like, there's a lot of pride in like the black community about like Black Panther because it's amazing. And a lot of people were friends with Chadwick Boseman. So it's emotional. And so I think there was just like the best and brightest of Hollywood, especially BIPOC, like we're on that red carpet. And then everybody who's in the movie. Yeah, she's just amazing. So check out... Abbott Elementary, for sure. She, um, just to give you like a little bit of background on her, she started her career, not unlike Justin Bieber, I guess, as like online, right? Like she developed her audience and came to prominence with comedic videos on Instagram, like cool, almost 10 years ago, right? In 2014. So it's interesting how now she's with a major TV network, you know, ABC. And interesting that her career really started on Instagram and then BuzzFeed. So her series went viral and that grew her digital fan base and off you are to the races. It's kind Amazing. of like the millennial story, right? Um, and her videos focused on problems experienced by 20-somethings. So that's maybe what makes me think of Rose Matafeo. Yeah, that's great. Um, I'm just going to give you one little last nugget. Uh, So Abbott Elementary uh, is a single camera pilot, kind of in the style of The Office, uh, was picked up in May 2021. She's the writer, co-executive producer, and she stars with Cheryl Lee Ralph and a bunch of other super talented people. Cheryl Lee Ralph did win an Emmy last year for her supporting role in the show. And it's received critical acclaim. It's got 97% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. And um, she's received a lot of praise for bringing a fresh approach to network television. Because to be honest, I don't watch a lot of network television anymore. Most of it's like all streaming. So yeah, it's kind of funny when you find something it's like, this is really good. And and how do we watch regular TV anymore? It's like I need right. to call my husband and get him to like figure out the uh, the stuff. So it takes place in a in a school and it's kind of in a inner city and there she's trying her best to like make it a better place for for kids to learn and just the students and the teachers who who work in this uh in this school but it's a great show with a great cast so that is quinta brenson i'm sure she's just at the um you know beginning well not the beginning of her career but like 
the beginning of kind of more well notoriety and more people know about her. And in August, she just signed a multi-year overall deal with Warner Brothers. So that's the studio that produces her show. So I'm sure there will be much more. And if you hadn't heard of her before now, you will hear more of her going forward. Yeah, it's great. It's nice when there's creativity and something breaks through that's different and she's getting the credit she deserves. That's awesome. Yeah. And she's super cute and her hair is super cute. And it's uh, nice to see how they style it in the show. Very cool. I'll check it out. Nice bio. Thanks. My mini bio is about Cole Walliser. He is a video director originally from British Columbia, Canada. (laughs) 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 And he got on my radar through Instagram. I think he actually showed up in my Explore page. uh, And I I saw something he did and I thought it was cool. And I started following him and... He's got the most incredible hair. Have you ever seen a glam bot? Um, I I know a fembot. Okay, so <laughs> not related at all. A glam bot is a high speed camera that fixes onto a robotic arm, and it's used to capture slow motion. And the glam bot was created by entertainment brand E. You know E exclamation mark. Okay. E, yeah. Yeah. Ease red carpet sort of thing. Okay. And yeah. So yeah, they yeah. they created the glam bot and they sort of own this thing on the red carpet and you'll see it at all the award shows. Oh, good tie back. Well, yeah. 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 Because it's used at the Oscars and the Golden Globes and the Grammys. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And so you you see a celebrity on the red carpet doing a motion. You know, sometimes it's just like looking over their shoulder or floofing a skirt or you know a lot of the celebrities wear these incredible dresses and sometimes there's movement and dresses are in the skirt part. And Cole Walliser is the man behind the camera and interacts with the celebrity to sort of figure out, okay, what little movement are we going to do? And the glam bot captures that moment in a super cool way. And so then when you're watching it, like you do it really fast, like you flick your skirt, but it slow-mos it and it sort of does this really cool immersive lens to it. It's oh. super freaking cool. And so, it sounds so yeah, perfect so he, for the hair toss. Yeah, actually, I would love to see Koalaser do a hair toss glam bot. You know what? We should tag him into this. We should tag him yes. into this and see if he'll do it. So, yeah, he's the man behind the glam bot. He grew up in BC. He grew up skateboarding and snowboarding. He became a hip hop and break dance instructor. He used to DJ, but he loved being behind a video camera and started to film dancers. And ultimately, this led his way to working with several folks in the industry. He started working with Miley Cyrus in an online dance battle. He did some work with Pink for her concerts, as well as a documentary about her life on the road. He did some work with CoverGirl. This is all from his website. Um, Mm -hmm. So giving credit to (laughs) ColeWallister.com. And uh, started working with Cher and Britney Spears and Selena Gomez and so many more. And then eventually in 2016, he got hired by E! to run the Glambot. And then the following year, he started filming behind the scenes and posting those to social. And so that's how I first found him. Because I saw a behind the scenes video of him running the Glambot on a red carpet. So these behind the scenes videos that he posts are super duper popular and it just exploded. And he's still running the Glambots all these years later. And his hair is incredible. 
His hair is incredible. It's oh my God, super I have to curly and him. long. It's down past his shoulders. How it's do I spell his free. name? So Cole is C-O-L-E. Yeah. Walliser mm-hmm. is Wall. I-S-E-R. Yeah. Okay. Oh, look at him. Yeah. He's a handsome guy. Yeah. The hair is cool. amazing. His yeah, hair he's is got amazing. He's got amazing hair. Wow. And yeah. also... You know, not many people can pull off a man bun, but he looks kind of cute with his man bun. I agree. <laughs> Maybe because he's a handsome guy. <laughs> with a super cool job. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's a great CND. Right? Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Now I have you're to welcome, follow him welcome, on, on Instagram. <laughs> and uh, I'm sure he doesn't... It's You know, when we talk about some of these people, they're not always like it's not about like their hair they're just people in you know the curly haired community who have interesting lives interesting careers interesting stories to tell but you'd be like hey cole (laughs) we (laughs) featured you on a curly hair podcast like do you want to share styling tips with us like what do you yeah or i like your idea let's ask him if he has a glam bot of him him flipping his hair (laughs) yes (laughs) How could you not? He will, okay, we'll tag him, we'll ask him. And if he does this, it's going to be epic. <laughs> wow. Okay. Come on. We're, we're all curly haired people and we're all Canadians. There's something to yeah. that. <laughs> He's got to say yes. <laughs> okay. I am going to try and do a little honor for Sandy Patana. Okay. She was a Canadian fashion icon who I was lucky to know. I'm sure you you know her too. I don't know if you ever had a chance to meet her, but I'm sure you would have seen her on TV at some point because her career spanned... Like she was a guest expert on City Line for over 30 years. And she passed away this past April. Yeah, so it was, sad. you know, very sad after a long battle with cancer. Um, She was born September 28th, 1954. She passed away April 14th, 2022. She was at home with her family uh, and her husband. And she worked with medical clinicians for assisted dying. What did they call it? Yeah. um, Maid? Maid. Like a maid service, medically assisted dying? Yes. Yes. Which, you know what? It takes courage to do that. and. I think that she always had a strong point of view and makes sense that she would have decided, this is how I want to do it. With my friends and family at home in a situation that I've chosen. So after a long battle with cancer, she made that choice and she's sadly missed by her husband, their daughters, her grandchildren her, her sister, friend, all these people. But she was an amazing force. And when you think, when I think about the Canadian media landscape, you know, and I think about style and fashion and hair, I think Sandy. And she had, she had the most beautiful smile, a v- really vivacious personality. She was great on TV. And she had this head of beautiful blonde curls. And 
what's interesting to me too, because she was super into fashion, very mm-hmm. knowledgeable. She um, she lived when she was younger in London and Paris. Um, I think she was originally a, a buyer with a large department store. So she she really understood the ins and outs of kind of the fashion industry. She wasn't just a stylist. Mm-hmm. Um, and her fashion sense, like she she tried out all the trends. She definitely had her own style. She wasn't bossed around by the trends. But when it comes to her hair, she was one of those people with a signature look. So mm-hmm. in the 90s, when like grunge was big and flat irons were big, and it was like, I remember a time where it was like, what's the hottest flat iron you can get? And this was a thing. It was like, there's something new that's come out that's even hotter than, <laughs> than any other heat styling device before that to like flatten out our hair in the fastest amount of time. And she never, she never did that. So like when straight hair was a trend, no, she, she always had her signature blonde mop of curls and it was beautiful. And she was just such a stylish woman. She, she made fashion fun for people and she branched out into like, she did um, segments for City Line that showed home decor too because she she loved design, she loved cooking, she was just an art, artistic person and she loved her family. So, you know, I wanted to just try and pay tribute because she left a lasting impression on, of course, all her friends, family, colleagues, but Canadians too. And there is a tribute video that City Line has up for her as well. But when I thought about like the opportunity to just mention her on this show, I think that there's some great nuggets of fashion wisdom that that she's shared on TV over the years. And, and she was just such a, a warm and loving and fun person. So she's dearly missed. If you didn't know about Sandy, check out, I'll post the video on our Facebook, the City Line video that just shows a little bit about her over the years on TV and a very cute little segment too that they included where she goes backstage at Disney World into like Minnie Mouse's closet (laughs) (laughs) and sees all of Minnie Mouse's different outfits. She left a a big legacy behind her and um, definitely a curl next door worth mentioning. Definitely. Thanks for sharing that. It's my pleasure. I wanted to tell you about Brandy Younger. Hmm. Brandy Younger is a musician. She was born in 1983 and she plays the harp. Oh, the harp. The harp. So she- I, I'm realizing <laughs> now, I, I want to look into harp transportation. When I was in junior high and had to pick an instrument for school, ba- like school music yeah, class, yeah. I chose the drums because I'd only have to lug around a pair of drumsticks. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> Seriously, because I took the school wow. bus and I didn't yeah. want to lug an instrument around all the time. So I just had to throw a pair of drumsticks in my backpack. And... um I always thought it was so clever because the the drums were in the classroom, so I didn't have to carry them around. And uh, I just, yeah, it's making me think, like, how do you transport your harp? It's that's and a also like it seems like such an old instrument for like not an old person. Like it's it's cool to see somebody young, yes. who like I just googled her, and there's some like really fun pictures of her beautiful up photos online. Yeah. She's 
pretty gorgeous. Um, so someone young and millennial, like she's around the same age as Quinta Brunson, right? Uh, yeah. Being like, I'm going to play the harp. But like, does she tell me about her? Does she modernize it a bit or something? So um, Brandy Younger leads her own ensemble. She also performs as a soloist. She's also worked alongside other musicians. She has a lot of different idols and points of inspiration. She grew up in New York and she earned her undergraduate degrees in harp performance. That's an undergrad, harp. Wow. And music business from the University of Hartford. She learned the harp at Hartford. Uh, She also has a Canadian connection, actually. She's the cousin of Jordan Younger, who used to play for the CFL, but now is a coach in the CFL, the Canadian Football League. Mm. Cool. Brandy Younger's music runs across jazz, soul, hip-hop, and R&B. And she's performed alongside several noteworthy musicians in all of those genres. In 2022, she was nominated for a Grammy Award for Best Instrumental Composition for her original piece called Beautiful is Black. And in April 2019, her composition Hortense was featured in Beyonce's documentary Homecoming. In 2020, she was awarded Player of the Year in Instruments Rare in Jazz by the Jazz Journalists (laughs) Association, (laughs) which I get. Like, you don't often hear harp in jazz. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And uh, the first album of hers, the Brandy Younger Quartet, is entitled Soul Awakening. And it's considered the birth of her signature sound and it's thought to be a really wonderful reemergence of the harp in popular music. And it was really well received. And I came across a nice quote from NPR stating, in terms of both production value and musical substance, it feels like an artifact of our moment. Celestial, groove forward, unabashed about its alchemies of style. So I think that's a really great way to describe it because she has this crossover sort of approach. So really beautiful music and uh, one to watch. Brandy Younger. Yeah. Wow. I love these photos of her online. Yes. There's some stunning photos. Whenever I go to the symphony, I always just stare at the harp. It's such Mm -hmm. a beautiful instrument, the construction, the lines, the bent wood. It's just incredible. To buy a harp? I can't even imagine. I'm going to Google that right now. Google it How because on harp. her website on and Brandy Harper too. She's on uh, she's on Twitter and whatever, or maybe other social too as Harpista, Harpista. But her harp, like this black and gold giant harp on her. Well, every harp maybe is big, but or you can have an auto harp as my mother did when I was a kid, which is like is a that... mini little tiny harp. Oh, but what makes it auto? I don't know. It's not automatic. It's not electric. It's just called an auto harp, which is a type of sort of mini harp. And there are some keys too. It's like, you'll have to Google auto harp and see a picture of one. But like, because my mother was a storyteller. So she combined auto harp playing into her stories. (laughs) And this is why I am the way I am. (laughs) No, it's amazing. That's amazing. But it was just a little handheld one or did it sit on the floor? 
No, it's small enough to like just have it in your lap. And basically it's shaped like a harp, but it's kind of small and it's got like wood and then it's got all of these different strings. So you can strum it and you can also press down on some keys that sort of like a piano, like mute certain, I guess you're muting certain strings so that then when you strum it, some of those are, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, a hard time describing it. No, I think you're describing it perfectly. But like you can't see through the strings. They're like against kind of a wood backboard somehow. Um, And to answer your question, I just looked it up. So you can get a beginner harp for a few hundred bucks, but there's also harps for $20,000, which is more in the camp. Instinctually, I thought that it would be Mm -hmm. a five-figure instrument. And I'm sure if you're a professional, you have top tier, of course. Yeah, but yeah, it must be. It's like the the harpists of the world and the double bassists. Like, oh. I always wonder about getting those things around. And then also, if you're traveling, like, how do you know it's not going to get damaged? And like, how do they? It must have a lot of insurance on them. I think so. I think so. I always, I always cringe. I mean, I always wonder about that because you know, musicians and like, especially a harpist, you're often a guest. You're, you know, sometimes you're part of the symphony, but sometimes you're a traveling harpist. And I would like, I don't know about a double bassist. I think you're probably part of a symphony, but yeah, like you travel and you must cringe because if you, if something happened in your harp or your instrument, I, I mean, didn't arrive. Yeah. You're in big trouble, but I think there's stories about that. I, I feel like maybe we even covered one where that happened and someone showed Something up. Something got lost. Something yeah. got lost and the people on the other end scrambled to find the instrument, like find to borrow an instrument on their mm-hmm. behalf. But it's, mm-hmm. I mean, this is your lifeblood. If your instrument doesn't show up and you're using a loner, yeah. I mean, you're never going to sure. be 100% on it because there's no, there's, they're organic. I mean, they're, they're going to be different. Yeah. You haven't, yeah. you haven't imprinted. <laughs> yeah. You know? And you hear, I, I mean, I feel like you hear a lot about like musicians losing guitars and stuff like that when they're traveling. And yeah. Anyway, Noah, just as a, as a way to tie things in a neat little bow, cause you talked about picking your drumsticks. Noah, it, my son is just joining the, the stri- he had the option to choose strings or band to, okay. to participate strings in. Strings or band. Him. Yeah. Okay. Why are they different? Like could, well, I don't know. They were when I was a kid. I mean, oh, maybe okay. maybe it's um maybe it's all together. But anyway, okay. he has chosen the violin, which Ooh. I played the violin when I was his age. So I don't I'm not like it's not like I'm still in good shape, but I remember how to hold it properly and you know, tune it a little bit and stuff like that. So he's take following in my footsteps a little bit. Oh, that's totally you know, it's adorable. Not, I was also, th- but I was thinking, I was like, don't pick the cello. It's just going to be so big in our house. You know, like it's easy to travel around with a violin. It's pretty compact. That's really cool. I'm excited for him. I, I have a little music nerd moment that has nothing to do with curl, curly hair but I think it's just funny. You know how the organ and the harpsichord and the piano are all played the same. They're all the same notes. The sheet music okay. is the same. They're all in the note of like, you know, C, blah, blah, blah. But a piano is considered a percussion instrument. What? And, yeah, because it hits. 
because when you when you look at the the inner workings of a piano, it's like a, right. a hammer. So right. that's considered percussion. An organ is considered a wind instrument because of all the pipes and it's wow. wind. Yeah. Um, that makes it makes the sounds. And a harpsichord is considered a string instrument because it's plucking. What? Isn't that cool? I don't really I don't really know how a harpsichord works, I guess. A harpsichord looks it's almost like a harp and a piano had a baby. It looks mm. it looks like a piano, like there it's, you know, you sit at it and there's a keyboard and then there's like all the strings similarly to yeah. in a piano but it's a plucking mechanism instead of hammer mechanism. Mhm. Well, folks, you learn something new on Curl Next Door every time whether it is the etymology of coming down the turnpike or the difference between a piano, a harpsichord, and a an organ. <laughs> or maybe you just came here because you wanted to figure out how to finally plop your hair. <laughs> Come here for all the reasons. Stay. We're going to have some expert advice and, and cool people on the show soon. So we're so excited to be back. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for being patient while we were away. Bye. Bye. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Curl Next Door Podcast wherever you pod. And follow us on social in between episodes. We're at Curl Next Door Podcast on Facebook and Instagram and at Curl Next Door Pod on Twitter. Do you have a curly hair story you want to tell us? Shoot us an email at curlnextdoorpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, curl friends. Curl Next Door.